Welcome to this Abide Bedtime Story. Calm your fears. The God of the universe is protecting you and taking care of you, like a loving shepherd watching his sheep. God will always provide for your every need. You have no reason to worry. Long ago, Jesus told his followers, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In today's story, we'll travel 2,000 years back in time to a Judean hillside as Jesus talks to his followers about worrying and about God's providence. As you prepare for today's story, get comfortable. Let your head sink slowly into the pillow, stretch out your arms and legs, and let your muscles relax. If something's not right, then simply pause the Abide app and come back in a few moments. Finally, choose your favorite background music on the app. If you fall asleep during the story, that's okay. The app will stop on its own. The God of peace is protecting you and providing for you. Lay your burdens before him. Rest in his promises. Join me as I pray for you. Dear Father, you are the creator of all that's good, of love, joy, and peace. But too often, God, we worry about the future. We don't have peace in our lives because we're focused on what we don't know. Too often, our eyes are not on you. Too often, we're worried and anxious. God, we lay our troubles before you now. Help us trust you. Give us peace in the middle of trials in our lives and troubles around the world. Grant this child of yours a wonderful night's sleep and dreams about your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. As you keep your eyes closed, imagine walking through the countryside of Judea in the days of Christ. It's a day far removed from our cluttered lives. There are no cell phones, no computers, no video games, no cars. It's just you and God and his creation. Oh, and a few hundred other followers of Jesus. You're one of those followers, but it doesn't seem crowded. Everyone around you is patient and happy and full of cheer. It's as if they've waited all their lives for this moment. It's as if their people have waited centuries for this time in history. No one's in a rush. No one is pushy. They're savoring every second. A mother and her young son are in front of you, laughing. The boy, he appears to be about five, turns around and gives you an innocent wave. You smile back. Near them is a short, gray-haired elderly woman. She asks the question everyone else is thinking. Is he the Messiah? No one answers, but you've heard enough stories about Jesus healing the sick and giving sight to the blind that you've already formed your opinion. He claims to be God's son, and you believe it. 
At the head of the crowd is Jesus himself, surrounded by Peter, James, and John, and the other disciples. He's led his followers to an area near the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful day, and you're enjoying the walk. It's warm and mostly sunny, with only a few white, wispy clouds high overhead. They're moving ever so slowly across the sky, as if they too are hanging around and watching Jesus, wanting a glimpse of the Messiah. The warm sunshine massages your skin, and a cool breeze off the Sea of Galilee ensures you don't get too hot. The breeze carries with it a dozen earthy aromas, water and dirt and freshwater fish, and even the unmistakable scent of wildflowers from the nearby shore. To your right, you spot two fishermen in a small sailboat, pulling their net up from the Sea of Galilee. They've caught perhaps a dozen fish today, and you watch as they carefully pluck each one from the webbing. Suddenly, one of the fishermen looks in your general direction and motions to his friend, who looks your way too. You quickly realize that they're not looking at you, but at Jesus. Both men rush to the back of the boat and grab their paddles. They hurriedly place them just under the surface of the water and begin rowing to shore. They're wanting to see Jesus, and if they hurry, they will. Up ahead on your path, you spot a squirrel, searching for food within the rocks. It's cleaning its face, oblivious to the crowd around it. You hear a joyful child's voice, commenting on the squirrel's bushy tail and furry ears. All of a sudden, the squirrel dashes away from you and toward the front of the crowd. Perhaps it's chasing an insect, or maybe it's just like those fishermen and it wants to see Jesus too. A few minutes have passed, and Jesus has led everyone to a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It's filled with large and small boulders alike, with green grass growing everywhere else. Please, gather around, he tells the crowd. He's sitting halfway up the hill on a large flat rock underneath a tall juniper tree. The hill is spacious enough to give everyone plenty of room. Just as important, it's quiet enough so that anyone in the crowd can hear. You find a small boulder to sit on to listen to Jesus. He's about seven long steps directly in front of you, although the twelve disciples are the closest to Jesus. Peter is sitting on a rock to your right. He's laughing and talking to Andrew, his brother. Jesus is patient as everyone continues to find a place to sit. An older woman sits down to your left in an empty spot of green grass. She appears to be in her sixties and she begins chatting. Her husband, she tells you, is a farmer. Things have been tight lately during the drought. Her brow is filled with wrinkles. She looks anxious. It hasn't rained in days, she says. I'm worried. She asks you if you think Jesus is the Messiah. You smile at her and give an approving nod. A hush quickly falls over the crowd. Jesus is speaking. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus has been speaking for about 15 minutes. You're struck by his calm demeanor, his knowledge of scripture, his love for the people. Above all, you're struck by his wisdom. He's unlike any rabbi you've seen. His words seem as if they're straight from God himself. Your mind begins drifting as you think about Jesus' role in your life. A thousand questions swirl in your head. If Jesus is the Messiah, then what does that mean for your future? What does it mean for your people? Is he the answer to every problem in your life? Is he God? Suddenly, Jesus looks straight at you and smiles. He continues preaching, but you think to yourself, was he reading my mind? Did he know what I was thinking? Whatever the case, you continue listening. No one can serve two masters, Jesus says, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds, he says, pointing to a few sparrows on the tree limbs above him. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? How they grow, Jesus says, pointing to the valley below. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? 
So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. An hour has passed. Jesus has finished preaching. He and his disciples are huddled together further up the hill, about twenty paces from him, straight ahead. Some of Jesus' followers have walked back to their villages. Others, though, are still gathered on the hillside in groups of two or three, discussing this Sermon on the Mountain. The elderly woman who sat to your left is one of those who has hung around. She's smiling now. Her demeanor has radically changed. She's no longer worrying. She approaches you with tears of joy and shouts, The Lord will provide. The Lord will take care of us. She points to the western horizon. A storm is building. A cool wind is blowing your direction. Much-needed rain is on the way. You look up at Jesus and his followers, who are also looking at the growing storm. He briefly glances down at you and smiles. Tears of joy stream down your face as you recall Jesus' words. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. As we transition back to the present day, Let's meditate on Jesus' promise to his followers. As you relax and fall asleep, listen again to the words of Christ. I will pray for you throughout the passage. Remember, God will provide for your every need. Jesus said, Do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Let me pray for you. Father, your word tells us that we are more important than the birds of the air. Genesis even says we are the pinnacle of creation. That's because we are made in your image. 
you sent your son to earth to die for the sins of humanity we affirm your word I pray for peace for this child of God as they fall asleep Jesus said look at the lilies of the field and how they grow they don't work or make their clothing yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow he will certainly care for you why do you have so little faith so don't worry about these things saying what will we eat what will we drink what will we wear these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs Father God we know you care for your creation you are the master artist the birds of the air and the lilies of the field and the colorful wildflowers they're all just a small part of your masterpiece they don't plant or harvest or store food and yet you take care of them they're never worried or anxious and yet you always provide for them your word tells us you already know our every need we praise you for who you are promise keeper and provider we love you seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries today's trouble is enough for today father we lay our burdens before you and we thank you for everything you have given us I ask that you will grant this child of yours a wonderful night's sleep and pleasant dreams it's in Christ's name that I pray amen listen once again to the comforting words of Jesus the creator of the universe and the provider of everything you need that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing look at the birds they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your Heavenly Father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are can all your worries add a single moment to your life and why worry about your clothing look at the lilies of the field and how they grow they don't work or make their clothing yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow he will certainly care for you why do you have so little faith so don't worry about these things saying what will we eat what will we drink what will we wear these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so don't worry about tomorrow 
for tomorrow will bring his own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The Savior of the universe is watching over you. He's protecting you. He'll provide for your every need. You have no reason to worry. He's taken care of you in the past, and he'll take care of you in the future. You are far more important to God than the birds of the air or the lilies of the field. You are a child of the living God. Just as a loving mother or father takes care of a helpless infant, God will take care of you. Trust in his promises. Rest in his peace. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, your word tells us that when we seek your kingdom first, you will give us everything we need. Father, we are seeking your kingdom. We want to know you more. We want to abide in your presence. I ask that you will grant this precious child of yours pleasant dreams and a peaceful night's sleep. Help them to wake up refreshed, ready to serve you another day. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The God of the universe is protecting you and taking care of you, like a loving shepherd watching his sheep. God will always provide for your every need. You have no reason to worry. Long ago, Jesus told his followers, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In today's story, we'll travel 2,000 years back in time to a Judean hillside as Jesus talks to his followers about worrying and about God's providence. As you prepare for today's story, get comfortable. Let your head sink slowly into the pillow, stretch out your arms and legs, and let your muscles relax. If something's not right, then simply pause the Abide app and come back in a few moments. Finally, choose your favorite background music on the app. If you fall asleep during the story, that's okay. The app will stop on its own. The God of peace is protecting you and providing for you. Lay your burdens before him. Rest in his promises. Join me as I pray for you. Dear Father, you are the creator of all that's good, of love, joy, and peace. But too often, God, we worry about the future. We don't have peace in our lives because we're focused on what we don't know. Too often, our eyes are not on you. Too often, we're worried and anxious. God, we lay our troubles before you now. Help us trust you. Give us peace in the middle of trials in our lives and troubles around the world. Grant this child of yours a wonderful night's sleep and dreams about your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. As you keep your eyes closed, imagine walking through the countryside of Judea in the days of Christ. 
It's a day far removed from our cluttered lives. There are no cell phones, no computers, no video games, no cars. It's just you and God and his creation. Oh, and a few hundred other followers of Jesus. You're one of those followers, but it doesn't seem crowded. Everyone around you is patient and happy and full of cheer. It's as if they've waited all their lives for this moment. It's as if their people have waited centuries for this time in history. No one's in a rush. No one is pushy. They're savoring every second. A mother and her young son are in front of you, laughing. The boy, he appears to be about five, turns around and gives you an innocent wave. You smile back. Near them is a short, gray-haired elderly woman. She asks the question everyone else is thinking. Is he the Messiah? No one answers, but you've heard enough stories about Jesus healing the sick and giving sight to the blind that you've already formed your opinion. He claims to be God's son, and you believe it. At the head of the crowd is Jesus himself, surrounded by Peter, James, and John, and the other disciples. He's led his followers to an area near the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful day, and you're enjoying the walk. It's warm and mostly sunny, with only a few white, wispy clouds high overhead. They're moving ever so slowly across the sky, as if they too are hanging around and watching Jesus, wanting a glimpse of the Messiah. The warm sunshine massages your skin, and a cool breeze off the Sea of Galilee ensures you don't get too hot. The breeze carries with it a dozen earthy aromas, water and dirt and freshwater fish, and even the unmistakable scent of wildflowers from the nearby shore. To your right, you spot two fishermen in a small sailboat, pulling their net up from the Sea of Galilee. They've caught perhaps a dozen fish today, and you watch as they carefully pluck each one from the webbing. Suddenly, one of the fishermen looks in your general direction and motions to his friend, who looks your way too. You quickly realize that they're not looking at you, but at Jesus. Both men rush to the back of the boat and grab their paddles. They hurriedly place them just under the surface of the water and begin rowing to shore. They're wanting to see Jesus, and if they hurry, they will. Up ahead on your path, you spot a squirrel, searching for food within the rocks. It's cleaning its face, oblivious to the crowd around it. You hear a joyful child's voice, commenting on the squirrel's bushy tail and furry ears. All of a sudden, the squirrel dashes away from you and toward the front of the crowd. Perhaps it's chasing an insect, or maybe it's just like those fishermen, and it wants to see Jesus too. A few minutes have passed, and Jesus has led everyone to a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It's filled with large and small boulders alike, with green grass growing everywhere else. Please... Gather around, he tells the crowd. He's sitting halfway up the hill on a large flat rock, 
underneath a tall juniper tree. The hill is spacious enough to give everyone plenty of room. Just as important, it's quiet enough so that anyone in the crowd can hear. You find a small boulder to sit on to listen to Jesus. He's about seven long steps directly in front of you, although the twelve disciples are the closest to Jesus. Peter is sitting on a rock to your right. He's laughing and talking to Andrew, his brother. Jesus is patient as everyone continues to find a place to sit. An older woman sits down to your left in an empty spot of green grass. She appears to be in her 60s and she begins chatting. Her husband, she tells you, is a farmer. Things have been tight lately during the drought. Her brow is filled with wrinkles. She looks anxious. It hasn't rained in days, she says. I'm worried. She asks you if you think Jesus is the Messiah. You smile at her and give an approving nod. A hush quickly falls over the crowd. Jesus is speaking. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus has been speaking for about 15 minutes. You're struck by his calm demeanor, his knowledge of scripture, his love for the people. Above all, you're struck by his wisdom. He's unlike any rabbi you've seen. His words seem as if they're straight from God himself. Your mind begins drifting as you think about Jesus' role in your life. A thousand questions swirl in your head. If Jesus is the Messiah, then what does that mean for your future? What does it mean for your people? Is he the answer to every problem in your life? Is he God? Suddenly, Jesus looks straight at you and smiles. He continues preaching, but you think to yourself, was he reading my mind? Did he know what I was thinking? Whatever the case, you continue listening. 
No one can serve two masters, Jesus says, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds, he says, pointing to a few sparrows on the tree limbs above him. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? they grow Jesus says pointing to the valley below they don't work or make their clothing yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow he will certainly care for you why do you have so little faith so don't worry about these things saying what will we eat what will we drink what will we wear these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly father already knows all your needs seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries today's trouble is enough for today an hour has passed Jesus has finished preaching he and his disciples are huddled together further up the hill about 20 paces from you straight ahead some of Jesus followers have walked back to their villages others though are still gathered on the hillside in groups of two or three discussing this sermon on the mountain the elderly woman who sat to your left is one of those who has hung around she's smiling now her demeanor has radically changed she's no longer worrying she approaches you with tears of joy and shouts the Lord will provide the Lord will take care of us she points to the western horizon a storm is building a cool wind is blowing your direction much needed rain is on the way you look up at Jesus and his followers who are also looking at the growing storm he briefly glances down at you and smiles tears of joy stream down your face as you recall Jesus words look at the birds they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your Heavenly Father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are can all your worries add a single moment to your life and why worry about your clothing look at the lilies of the field and how they grow they don't work or make their clothing yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow he will certainly care for you 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. As we transition back to the present day, let's meditate on Jesus' promise to His followers. As you relax and fall asleep, listen again to the words of Christ. I will pray for you throughout the passage. Remember, God will provide for your every need. Jesus said, Do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Let me pray for you. Father, your word tells us that we are more important than the birds of the air. Genesis even says we are the pinnacle of creation. That's because we are made in your image. You sent your Son to earth to die for the sins of humanity. We affirm your word. I pray for peace for this child of God as they fall asleep. Jesus said, Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Father God, we know you care for your creation. You are the master artist, the birds of the air, and the lilies of the field, and the colorful wildflowers. They're all just a small part of your masterpiece. They don't plant or harvest or store food. And yet, you take care of them. They're never worried or anxious. And yet, you always provide for them. Your word tells us you already know our every need. We praise you for who you are, promise keeper and provider. We love you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Father, we lay our burdens before you, and we thank you for everything you have given us. I ask that you will grant this child of yours a wonderful night's sleep and pleasant dreams. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Listen once again to the comforting words of Jesus, the creator of the universe and the provider of everything you need. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. 
Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The Savior of the universe is watching over you. He's protecting you. He'll provide for your every need. You have no reason to worry. He's taken care of you in the past, and He'll take care of you in the future. You are far more important to God than the birds of the air or the lilies of the field. You are a child of the living God. Just as a loving mother or father takes care of a helpless infant, God will take care of you. Trust in His promises. Rest in His peace. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, Your Word tells us that when we seek Your kingdom first, You will give us everything we need. Father, we are seeking Your kingdom. We want to know You more. We want to abide in Your presence. I ask that You will grant this precious child of Yours pleasant dreams and a peaceful night's sleep. Help them to wake up refreshed, ready to serve You another day. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The God of the universe is protecting you and taking care of you, like a loving shepherd watching his sheep. God will always provide for your every need. You have no reason to worry. Long ago, Jesus told his followers, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In today's story, we'll travel 2,000 years back in time to a Judean hillside as Jesus talks to his followers about worrying and about God's providence. As you prepare for today's story, get comfortable. Let your head sink slowly into the pillow, stretch out your arms and legs, and let your muscles relax. If something's not right, 
then simply pause the Abide app and come back in a few moments. Finally, choose your favorite background music on the app. If you fall asleep during the story, that's okay. The app will stop on its own. The God of Peace is protecting you and providing for you. Lay your burdens before Him. Rest in His promises. Join me as I pray for you. Dear Father, You are the Creator of all that's good, of love, joy, and peace. But too often, God, we worry about the future. We don't have peace in our lives because we're focused on what we don't know. Too often, our eyes are not on you. Too often, we're worried and anxious. God, we lay our troubles before you now. Help us trust you. Give us peace in the middle of trials in our lives and troubles around the world. Grant this child of yours a wonderful night's sleep and dreams about your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. As you keep your eyes closed, imagine walking through the countryside of Judea in the days of Christ. It's a day far removed from our cluttered lives. There are no cell phones, no computers, no video games, no cars. It's just you and God and His creation. Oh, and a few hundred other followers of Jesus. You're one of those followers, but it doesn't seem crowded. Everyone around you is patient and happy and full of cheer. It's as if they've waited all their lives for this moment. It's as if their people have waited centuries for this time in history. No one's in a rush. No one is pushy. They're savoring every second. The mother and her young son are in front of you, laughing. The boy, he appears to be about five, turns around and gives you an innocent wave. You smile back. Near them is a short, gray-haired elderly woman. She asks the question everyone else is thinking. Is he the Messiah? No one answers, but you've heard enough stories about Jesus healing the sick and giving sight to the blind that you've already formed your opinion. He claims to be God's son, and you believe it. At the head of the crowd is Jesus himself, surrounded by Peter, James, and John, and the other disciples. He's led his followers to an area near the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful day, and you're enjoying the walk. It's warm and mostly sunny, with only a few white, wispy clouds high overhead. They're moving ever so slowly across the sky, as if they too are hanging around and watching Jesus, wanting a glimpse of the Messiah. The warm sunshine massages your skin, and a cool breeze off the Sea of Galilee ensures you don't get too hot. The breeze carries with it a dozen earthy aromas, water and dirt and freshwater fish, and even the unmistakable scent of wildflowers from the nearby shore. To your right, you spot two fishermen in a small sailboat, pulling their net up from the Sea of Galilee. They've caught perhaps a dozen fish today, and you watch as they carefully pluck each one from the webbing. 
Suddenly, one of the fishermen looks in your general direction and motions to his friend, who looks your way too. You quickly realize that they're not looking at you, but at Jesus. Both men rush to the back of the boat and grab their paddles. They hurriedly place them just under the surface of the water and begin rowing to shore. They're wanting to see Jesus, and if they hurry, they will. Up ahead on your path, you spot a squirrel, searching for food within the rocks. It's cleaning its face, oblivious to the crowd around it. You hear a joyful child's voice, commenting on the squirrel's bushy tail and furry ears. All of a sudden, the squirrel dashes away from you and toward the front of the crowd. Perhaps it's chasing an insect, or maybe it's just like those fishermen and it wants to see Jesus too. A few minutes have passed, and Jesus has led everyone to a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It's filled with large and small boulders alike, with green grass growing everywhere else. Please, gather around, he tells the crowd. He's sitting halfway up the hill on a large flat rock underneath a tall juniper tree. The hill is spacious enough to give everyone plenty of room. Just as important, it's quiet enough so that anyone in the crowd can hear. You find a small boulder to sit on to listen to Jesus. He's about seven long steps directly in front of you, although the twelve disciples are the closest to Jesus. Peter is sitting on a rock to your right. He's laughing and talking to Andrew, his brother. Jesus is patient as everyone continues to find a place to sit. An older woman sits down to your left in an empty spot of green grass. She appears to be in her sixties and she begins chatting. Her husband, she tells you, is a farmer. Things have been tight lately during the drought. Her brow is filled with wrinkles. She looks anxious. It hasn't rained in days, she says. I'm worried. She asks you if you think Jesus is the Messiah. You smile at her and give an approving nod. A hush quickly falls over the crowd. Jesus is speaking. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus has been speaking for about 15 minutes. You're struck by his calm demeanor, his knowledge of Scripture, his love for the people. Above all, you're struck by his wisdom. He's unlike any rabbi you've seen. His words seem as if they're straight from God himself. Your mind begins drifting as you think about Jesus' role in your life. A thousand questions swirl in your head. If Jesus is the Messiah, then what does that mean for your future? What does it mean for your people? Is he the answer to every problem in your life? Is he God? Suddenly, Jesus looks straight at you and smiles. He continues preaching, but you think to yourself, was he reading my mind? Did he know what I was thinking? Whatever the case, you continue listening. No one can serve two masters, Jesus says. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds, he says, pointing to a few sparrows on the tree limbs above him. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? How they grow, Jesus says, pointing to the valley below. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. An hour has passed. Jesus has finished preaching. He and his disciples are huddled together further up the hill, about twenty paces from him, straight ahead. Some of Jesus' followers have walked back to their villages. Others, though, are still gathered on the hillside in groups of two or three, discussing this Sermon on the Mountain. The elderly woman who sat to your left is one of those who has hung around. She's smiling now. Her demeanor has radically changed. 
She's no longer worrying. She approaches you with tears of joy and shouts, The Lord will provide. The Lord will take care of us. She points to the western horizon. A storm is building. A cool wind is blowing your direction. Much needed rain is on the way. You look up at Jesus and his followers, who are also looking at the growing storm. He briefly glances down at you and smiles. Tears of joy stream down your face as you recall Jesus' words. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. As we transition back to the present day, let's meditate on Jesus' promise to his followers. As you relax and fall asleep, listen again to the words of Christ. I will pray for you throughout the passage. Remember, God will provide for your every need. Jesus said, Do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Let me pray for you. Father, your word tells us that we are more important than the birds of the air. Genesis even says we are the pinnacle of creation. That's because we are made in your image. You sent your son to earth to die for the sins of humanity. We affirm your word. I pray for peace for this child of God as they fall asleep. Jesus said, Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Father God, we know you care for your creation. You are the master artist, the birds of the air, and the lilies of the field, and the colorful wildflowers. 
They're all just a small part of your masterpiece. They don't plant or harvest or store food. And yet, you take care of them. They're never worried or anxious. And yet, you always provide for them. Your word tells us you already know our every need. We praise you for who you are, promise keeper and provider. We love you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Father, we lay our burdens before you, and we thank you for everything you have given us. I ask that you will grant this child of yours a wonderful night's sleep and pleasant dreams. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Listen once again to the comforting words of Jesus, the creator of the universe and the provider of everything you need. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The Savior of the universe is watching over you. He's protecting you. He'll provide for your every need. You have no reason to worry. He's taken care of you in the past, and He'll take care of you in the future. You are far more important to God than the birds of the air or the lilies of the field. You are a child of the living God. Just as a loving mother or father takes care of a helpless infant, God will take care of you. Trust in His promises. Rest in His peace. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, your word tells us that when we seek your kingdom first, you will give us everything we need. Father, we are seeking your kingdom. We want to know you more. We want to abide in your presence. 
I ask that you will grant this precious child of yours pleasant dreams and a peaceful night's sleep. Help them to wake up refreshed, ready to serve you another day. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The God of the universe is protecting you and taking care of you, like a loving shepherd watching his sheep. God will always provide for your every need. You have no reason to worry. Long ago, Jesus told his followers, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In today's story, we'll travel 2,000 years back in time to a Judean hillside as Jesus talks to his followers about worrying and about God's providence. As you prepare for today's story, get comfortable. Let your head sink slowly into the pillow, stretch out your arms and legs, and let your muscles relax. If something's not right, then simply pause the Abide app and come back in a few moments. Finally, choose your favorite background music on the app. If you fall asleep during the story, that's okay. The app will stop on its own. The God of peace is protecting you and providing for you. Lay your burdens before him. Rest in his promises. Join me as I pray for you. Dear Father, you are the creator of all that's good, of love, joy, and peace. But too often, God, we worry about the future. We don't have peace in our lives because we're focused on what we don't know. Too often, our eyes are not on you. Too often, we're worried and anxious. God, we lay our troubles before you now. Help us trust you. Give us peace in the middle of trials in our lives and troubles around the world. Grant this child of yours a wonderful night's sleep and dreams about your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. As you keep your eyes closed, imagine walking through the countryside of Judea in the days of Christ. It's a day far removed from our cluttered lives. There are no cell phones, no computers, no video games, no cars. It's just you and God and His creation. Oh, and a few hundred other followers of Jesus. You're one of those followers, but it doesn't seem crowded. Everyone around you is patient and happy and full of cheer. It's as if they've waited all their lives for this moment. It's as if their people have waited centuries for this time in history. No one's in a rush. No one is pushy. They're savoring every second. A mother and her young son are in front of you, laughing. The boy, he appears to be about five, turns around and gives you an innocent wave. You smile back. Near them is a short, gray-haired elderly woman. She asks the question everyone else is thinking. 
Is he the Messiah? No one answers, but you've heard enough stories about Jesus healing the sick and giving sight to the blind that you've already formed your opinion. He claims to be God's son, and you believe it. At the head of the crowd is Jesus himself, surrounded by Peter, James, and John, and the other disciples. He's led his followers to an area near the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful day, and you're enjoying the walk. It's warm and mostly sunny, with only a few white, wispy clouds high overhead. They're moving ever so slowly across the sky, as if they too are hanging around and watching Jesus, wanting a glimpse of the Messiah. The warm sunshine massages your skin, and a cool breeze off the Sea of Galilee ensures you don't get too hot. The breeze carries with it a dozen earthy aromas, water and dirt and freshwater fish, and even the unmistakable scent of wildflowers from the nearby shore. To your right, you spot two fishermen in a small sailboat, pulling their net up from the Sea of Galilee. They've caught perhaps a dozen fish today, and you watch as they carefully pluck each one from the webbing. Suddenly, one of the fishermen looks in your general direction and motions to his friend, who looks your way too. You quickly realize that they're not looking at you, but at Jesus. Both men rush to the back of the boat and grab their paddles. They hurriedly place them just under the surface of the water and begin rowing to shore. They're wanting to see Jesus, and if they hurry, they will. Up ahead on your path, you spot a squirrel, searching for food within the rocks. It's cleaning its face, oblivious to the crowd around it. You hear a joyful child's voice, commenting on the squirrel's bushy tail and furry ears. All of a sudden, the squirrel dashes away from you and toward the front of the crowd. Perhaps it's chasing an insect, or maybe it's just like those fishermen and it wants to see Jesus too. A few minutes have passed, and Jesus has led everyone to a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It's filled with large and small boulders alike, with green grass growing everywhere else. Please, gather around, he tells the crowd. He's sitting halfway up the hill on a large flat rock, underneath a tall juniper tree. The hill is spacious enough to give everyone plenty of room. Just as important, it's quiet enough so that anyone in the crowd can hear. You find a small boulder to sit on to listen to Jesus. He's about seven long steps directly in front of you, although the twelve disciples are the closest to Jesus. Peter is sitting on a rock to your right. He's laughing and talking to Andrew, his brother. Jesus is patient as everyone continues to find a place to sit. An older woman sits down to your left in an empty spot of green grass. She appears to be in her sixties and she begins chatting. Her husband, she tells you, is a farmer. Things have been tight lately during the drought. Her brow is filled with wrinkles. She looks anxious. It hasn't rained in days, she says. I'm worried. 
She asks you if you think Jesus is the Messiah. You smile at her and give an approving nod. A hush quickly falls over the crowd. Jesus is speaking. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus has been speaking for about 15 minutes. You're struck by his calm demeanor, his knowledge of Scripture, his love for the people. Above all, you're struck by his wisdom, He's unlike any rabbi you've seen. His words seem as if they're straight from God himself. Your mind begins drifting as you think about Jesus' role in your life. A thousand questions swirl in your head. If Jesus is the Messiah, then what does that mean for your future? What does it mean for your people? Is he the answer to every problem in your life? Is he God? Suddenly, Jesus looks straight at you and smiles. He continues preaching, but you think to yourself, was he reading my mind? Did he know what I was thinking? Whatever the case, you continue listening. No one can serve two masters, Jesus says, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds, he says, pointing to a few sparrows on the tree limbs above him. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? How they grow, Jesus says, pointing to the valley below.
They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. An hour has passed. Jesus has finished preaching. He and his disciples are huddled together further up the hill, about twenty paces from him, straight ahead. Some of Jesus' followers have walked back to their villages. Others, though, are still gathered on the hillside in groups of two or three, discussing this Sermon on the Mountain. The elderly woman who sat to your left is one of those who has hung around. She's smiling now. Her demeanor has radically changed. She's no longer worrying. She approaches you with tears of joy and shouts, The Lord will provide. The Lord will take care of us. She points to the western horizon. A storm is building. A cool wind is blowing their direction. Much needed rain is on the way. You look up at Jesus and his followers, who are also looking at the growing storm. He briefly glances down at you and smiles. Tears of joy stream down your face as you recall Jesus' words. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. As we transition back to the present day, let's meditate on Jesus' promise to his followers. As you relax and fall asleep, listen again to the words of Christ. I will pray for you throughout the passage. Remember, God will provide for your every need. Jesus said, Do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 
And why worry about your clothing? Let me pray for you. Father, your word tells us that we are more important than the birds of the air. Genesis even says we are the pinnacle of creation. That's because we are made in your image. You sent your Son to earth to die for the sins of humanity. We affirm your word. I pray for peace for this child of God as they fall asleep. Jesus said, Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Father God, we know you care for your creation. You are the master artist, the birds of the air, and the lilies of the field, and the colorful wildflowers. They're all just a small part of your masterpiece. They don't plant or harvest or store food, and yet you take care of them. They're never worried or anxious, and yet you always provide for them. Your word tells us you already know our every need. We praise you for who you are, promise keeper and provider. We love you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Father, we lay our burdens before you, and we thank you for everything you have given us. I ask that you will grant this child of yours a wonderful night's sleep and pleasant dreams. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Listen once again to the comforting words of Jesus, the creator of the universe and the provider of everything you need. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? 
These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The Savior of the universe is watching over you. He's protecting you. He'll provide for your every need. You have no reason to worry. He's taken care of you in the past, and He'll take care of you in the future. You are far more important to God than the birds of the air or the lilies of the field. You are a child of the living God. Just as a loving mother or father takes care of a helpless infant, God will take care of you. Trust in His promises. Rest in His peace. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, your word tells us that when we seek your kingdom first, you will give us everything we need. Father, we are seeking your kingdom. We want to know you more. We want to abide in your presence. I ask that you will grant this precious child of yours pleasant dreams and a peaceful night's sleep. Help them to wake up refreshed, ready to serve you another day. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.